Hello, you're listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. At Lifeway, we believe that life is better together. So stay connected with us by visiting www.lifeway.church or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lifeway Church. Now here's a message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. The title of today's message is Growing in Crisis. Growing in Crisis. Here's 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. You need to know, friends, that thanking God over and over for you is not only a pleasure, but it's a must. We have to do it. Here's why. Your faith is growing phenomenally. Your love for each other is developing wonderfully. How can you tell if somebody's faith is growing phenomenally? If their love for each other is growing wonderfully. Why? It's only right that we give thanks. We're so proud of you. You're so steady and determined in your faith despite all of the hard times that have come down on you. We tell everyone we meet in the churches all about you. And so more than anything else, as, as pastors, Pastor Sheila and I want the Lord to see faith in our body. We want him to see faith in Lifeway Church because faith is displayed through the love of God. But this verse is so uh, dynamic because it talks about growing, this exceeding, uh, a phenomenal growing faith is expressed and develops wonderfully because of the love that we have for each other. Think about that as we talk about opportunities to grow. Today, I I really want to encourage you to continue to grow. Don't pull back. Don't give up. Don't sit on the sideline and become a spectator. Expect God to continually grow you on the inside. You know, during times of crisis, people head for the hills. I've even talked to a, a couple of people personally that have said that they have had thought about moving out of the country. So where are you going to go? <laughs> that, that crisis is not affecting in the world, right? Like David said, if I go there, uh, you're there. If I go there, you're there. God is here. Why move anywhere else? Why head for the hills or move to another country? But Barna Research has reported recently that since COVID-19, in March that one in three practicing Christians has stopped attending church. And there are reasons for that, we know. But Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, it's it's not time to grow weary and drop out. (laughs) One translation says, let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued. Don't allow yourself to get fatigued. That means we have a part to play. We have responsibility. People say, well, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. So get up and exercise. Physically, this is how you, this is how you stir your body up. If your body's feeling tired, go exercise. Drink lots of water and then go exercise. Stir yourself up spiritually. Go and pray. Pray and fast. Seek the Lord. Worship God if you're feeling fatigued, right? It's not a time to give up. It's a time to increase. 
It's a time to increase. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. Hebrews 10, 25 in the, the Passion Translation says it like this. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. It's not a time to neglect meeting together. As some have formed the habit of doing. Yes, we have to be saved. Yes, we have to physically distance. But it's not the time to neglect meeting together because we need each other. Everybody say, I need each other. I need you. I need you. The Jesus in me needs the Jesus in you. Life is better together. You encourage me when I hear stories of God moving a, this beautiful woman from, north, uh, from the north, from New York, down to Georgia, where we are, and she's looking for a church, and she found us, and she's going to bake cookies every month. I mean, <laughs> God would do that for us. And see, we start the fast tomorrow, not today. So you can have, you can have your cookie today. We need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day that Jesus is drawing, the, the, the day that he's coming is, is dawning. He's, he's coming back. And so when we see that he is coming back, we should get together even more frequently because we need each other more. Because we know from the word, studying the end times, that things will become worse. But that doesn't, that doesn't uh, discourage us. It encourages us. Jesus told us that to encourage us, not to scare us, but to prepare us. And so way back in March when the word came out, social distancing, I heard uh, another pastor say this, but I agree. It, it shouldn't have been social distance. It should have been physical distance. We should be physically distanced from one another, but we should not be socially distanced from one another because we need to communicate. We need to affirm one another. We need our relationships. And I think some people took that social distance by just shutting down their attachment or, or connection with each other, right? We need each other, and that's the point. So the time that we're living in is a time to grow. In James chapter 1, I'm going to read uh, verses 2 through 5 and then verse 12 out of the message translation. This is so appropriate for the time that we're in right now. James 1 verse 2, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure... Your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't know what you're doing, everybody said amen. Pray to the Father. It, see, it's not the fact that you don't know what you're doing. He's got the answer. Pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help, and, you, and he won't condescend when you ask for it. He won't, he won't uh, say, well, you know, who are you? <laughs> anyone who meets a testing challenge, this is verse 12, anyone who meets a testing challenge head-on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. 
For such persons, loyally in love with God, their reward is life and more life. That's the reward, life and more life. But we have to be persistent. We have to be consistent. We have to face the challenges head on. We have to persevere. We have to be patient. We have to ask for wisdom. And so I'm going to break this verse down and talk about a couple of points on this. But listen, everyone is being tested and challenged. Everyone. There's not anyone that's excluded from this verse. We're all being tested. We're all being challenged. We didn't invite this stuff on us, but here we are. Point number two, under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open. You ever notice it was easier to hide behind the faith mask when things are going good? Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> We're doing great. But you get hit by <laughs> what we've gotten hit by, not just one side, that side and that side and the back side and this side, and you, you feel like you've been run over, and your faith life then is forced out into the open. We can't hide behind this mask anymore. And that there, there's two ways that our faith is viewed. It's viewed from our personal perspective internally. We have to look at where we are in our faith. But then your faith is viewed from everyone else's perspective externally. We're seeing people. We're seeing people that have, have written God has used them to write worship music. Just fold up, fold up their Bible and say, I was deceived, I was wrong. I'm not going to serve God anymore. The pressure that's on everyone right now. And some people, you know, who, who, who desire a encouraging and cheerful message don't want to hear things like that. But listen, this is the reality. We're all being pressed from every side, but we have to make that decision. We have to know that we're not the only ones. And then we have to make a decision to do what the Bible says to do. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians 13. This may or may not be in your notes. Verse 4 and 5, and it says this. For to be sure, Jesus, talking about Jesus, was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. So it was the power of God that raised Jesus. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power we will live with him in our dealing with you. In verse 5, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. And so we're responsible to test ourselves. We're, we're responsible to look internally and see, do I believe what I think I believe? Every one of us are going through that and thinking and de determining whether we really believe what we say we believe. And not believing just, and, and I want to speak to the young people, not believing just because your parents tell you what to believe. Your parents have influence over you, but there's a decision. Um, think about Samuel when he was a prophet 
and he went to the house of Eli, who was a prophet. And Eli taught him how to hear the voice of the Lord. We teach our children how to hear the voice of the Lord so they can hear the voice of the Lord at a young age so that they're not just doing what we tell them to do and trying to emulate our faith. And then when they get out on their own, they're not standing on their faith. They, they're, they're standing on our faith, right? We have to examine our faith. We have to see if we're in the faith. One version says, don't you realize that Jesus is in you? And that's where our faith should be. If Jesus is in us, then we're safe and we're secure. We're founded on the rock. The verse up in James chapter 1 says, uh, basically, don't look for a quick fix. And I think that is a, a, a big obstacle in our lives in 2020 because we're so accustomed to we've been designed to look for a quick fix we're living in a time where people live and in anxiety because we expect overnight results if I'm gonna fix something at my house or fix something in my car and I love to try to do that especially if it's not too big I pull up YouTube and when I pull up YouTube and I'm searching for how to do something on YouTube, I most often look for the shortest video that tells me how to do it. Are you about the same? And then I pull up the video and then they always have a, uh, a intro, a commercial for them to, for you to subscribe to their channel and they're doing all these music and video. I'm like, get to the point, get to the point. So I use the scrubbing the high speed scrubbing. And I'm like, okay, get to the point, get to the point, get to the point. Get to the point. Anybody like me? We're designed to try to get to the point, but we fail to remember if you do step three before you do step two, it's not going to turn out like the end of the video. <laughs> Let patience have its perfect work, her perfect work. Let patience, and that's, you know, that word... It's almost like a dirty word today, patience. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want patience. We want results, and we want them now. Let's fix this economy and do it overnight. It's not going to happen, guys. I don't care who promises you. Guys, in March, we, we, we began this, and we heard, well, you just shelter in place for 15 days. I think some of us thought after 15 days, we're, we're going back to normal. Pew. And then we had people in the body of Christ prophesying. I heard it first. I heard it first. I, I, knew, I knew this was coming. It's going to be over by Passover. Okay. What are we going to do? Who, who are we going to put our trust in? Now, I, I know this is not popular, guys, but I'm saying Let's think. You don't have to be spiritual and lose your mind. God gave us, in this passage, in James, it says, if you don't know what to do, ask God. Ask God. Be cautious about what you see by prophet so-and-so or prophetess so-and-so and people jumping up and calling themselves a name and saying all kind of stuff. Let's stick 
with the word and grow in the word. So a large part of anxiety that we deal with is because we expect to, it to be over as quickly as it came. We have to practice patience. And then this other point about looking for God's wisdom. The thing about getting God's wisdom is it's, it's not, as Proverbs says, it's not just hanging out in the middle of the street. You have to dig for it. You have to dig for God's wisdom. And that takes time and it takes effort. And God's not making YouTube videos that you scrub to the end and find what to do because you're in the time of crisis. We have to settle down. We have to come away sometimes where Jesus said, you know, just draw into your prayer chamber, close the door, get alone with your heavenly father. Find out what he wants you to do. The second point of the message today is, is self-care. That's a big topic. Self-care. Take care of yourself. Stress has come. So how are we managing it? We are a spirit. We have a soul. And we live in a body. So we're a three-part being. And external stresses affect you in every area. When stress comes at you, in your soul, you want to detach from the thought of the stress. And so we re resort to Netflix binge, binge watching. And what we're doing is we're running away in our mind. We're just running away. We just got to get away. We just got to go. We just got to run away. And there's this, maybe a time and place for that, but... The primary uh, care that we need to be giving ourselves is spiritual care. Looking at our hearts, our spirit, but our soul. I want to touch on something else here. Emotions. So when we're highly stressed, very emotional, the thing not to do is go on Facebook. Because you're going to start a war. Or go, you're going to keep that war going on. With, with just, with just a, a touch of the like button, it could inflame that war again and again and again and again. And I've heard people over the past week, I never knew that my friends on Facebook really felt that way. I was just ready to turn it off and I can't take it anymore. That's a good sign. Turn it off. Put, there, there's a way to pause your account. Right? If you feel yourself and your soul not being able to deal with the emotions that are out there. Venting your emotions on Facebook is a dangerous thing to do. The area of our body. Here's what happens when stress comes on our body. We run to the refrigerator. Hey, suddenly that fried chicken and chocolate pie is calling your name. Hey, remember me. We got to go out and buy some comfort food. Ask me how I know about this. <laughs> 20 pounds since March. I got to shave that off. I'm, t I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, but this is a reality. This is real, isn't it, guys? Your body says, oh, I, I can't deal with the stress. I need, I need, I need. Come on. 
But our spirit, the real part of us, says, hey, don't neglect me. I should be first. So that part of self-care is, is very, very important. We're responsible for us. We have to take care of ourselves. This is why we need to be growing through this time, not falling down, not going backwards, not sitting down, not falling in the ditch. Here's a point that's very liberating right now. If you'll remember this, you can't make COVID-19 go away. You can't solve all of the racial issues. And you can't make sure that the nation elects the best candidates in November. It is not your responsibility. That should be liberating right there. Now, you can do your part. And our part is, our part starts off with our spirit. We can put on our armor every day. We can control our thoughts and win the battle for our minds every day. We can grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and who we are in Christ every day. We can do what we can do, but we can't do what we can't do. All of us have that fix-it mentality where we see a problem and we think, how can, how can, we, how can we fix this? And there's so many solutions that are man-made solutions that we enter in. We form our opinion and then we try to go with that. And really, our personal responsibility is our most precious responsibility. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 from the Message Bible. says cultivate these things the things that he's talking about is is the word of God cultivate practicing the word of God immerse yourself in these things the people will all see you mature right before their eyes people are going to see you grow as you cultivate and immerse yourself in the things of God hearing God's word prayer doing God's Word, developing your relationship with God. People are going to see you mature right before their eyes. Keep a firm grasp on both your character and your teaching. Don't be diverted. Just keep at it. Both you and those who hear you will experience salvation. So there is personal responsibility that we have to take for our growth during this time of crisis. We should be growing we should be growing. Jesus is building and growing his church. He's building his church. In Matthew 16, Jesus looked at Peter. And he says to Peter, after Peter identifies who Jesus is, the Son of God, the Son of the living God, because he asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? When Peter said, hey, you're Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus turned to him and said, you're right, Men did not reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven revealed that to you. And upon this rock, he says, upon this rock, the rock of revelation of who Jesus is, 
I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And my question is, is the church still alive? Is the church still alive? Then hell can't conquer it. And Jesus is still building it. And he's building it on the revelation of who he is to each one of us. Who do you say that Jesus is? He's the Christ, the Son of the living God. He began this work in the church, and he's going to finish it. Jesus knows what he's doing when he's building the church. And he's building the church one stone at a time. We're part of that foundation of the church, but the cornerstone is Jesus, and he's building us. Everybody say, Jesus is building me. We have to give him permission, right? We have to sign over the building permit. He comes and he says, hey, I've got a great design for you. Huh. Better than you could ever imagine or think. But I need you to sign that building permit that gives me permission to move in with my equipment and the power of the Holy Spirit and some materials here to make some changes there so that you can be what I want you to be, like I designed you to be. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, talks about Jesus building his church. How is he going to build the church? Through the church. Because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, but he lives and dwells in his body his church here on the earth. And so that's why in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, verse 11, now these are the gifts. This is in the New Living Translation. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church the body of Christ. This is, this is the body working together to build itself up in faith so, so that we can do something, not so that we can just sit around and talk about our faith. Right? James says, hey, I'll show you my faith by my works. It's time to get to work, guys. It's time to reach out to our community. It's time to preach the gospel. It's time to reap the harvest. It's time to pray for the sick. It's time to do the things that Jesus is expecting us to do. But this is how he's building his church through the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers that he's given to the church, the leaders to edify the church, to build up the church so that we can all do the work of the ministry. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Can you see that there's growth there? Jesus is still growing his church. He's not quarantined. <laughs> Jesus is not quarantined. He's working through his body to develop character and develop the gifts so that we can do something. It's time to do something with what he's given us. It's to grow up into his full measure, complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. 
Is this speaking to somebody? It's time to grow. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. And Jesus is executing his plan for growth. He's the real church planter. He's the real church grower. We will not, listen to this, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. <laughs> Did you ever read that? That's so good we should read it again. We will not. Everybody say, we will not. Be influenced when people try to trick us. <laughs> that says that people are trying to trick the church. There's a, lot, a large part of the church is being tricked. Man, my heart really goes out to our brothers and sisters in California where they're telling them, hey, you can't sing, you can't, I mean... Now, there's a way to handle all of these things, and people are doing it legally, right? But when, when the enemy is bringing such opposition against the church, never in our country. Other countries have faced persecution big time. But it's not time to whine about it. It's time to stand up on our faith and do something about it not be tossed about by every new teaching. We're not going to be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. In order to speak the truth, you have to know the truth. It needs to be working in your life. In order to speak the truth, you have to know the truth. And it should be working in your life. We're going to speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Who is the head of the body? His church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work and it helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Again, the end result is the love of God being seen through the church. Because of our faith. Our faith unifies us. My faith is in Christ that he's building his church. That there's unity there. And I'm working for unity. I'm not working for division. So if you come to me and say, hey, pastor, did you hear about such and such, such and such? I don't, I don't want to be used by the enemy to divide the body. How about you? I've got to grow up during this season. Now, the fact that this season, the opposition is bringing everyone's faith life out in the open, you can see. I don't, I don't have to explain my opinion. But we're called to be unified to do what God wants us to do. And so we have to focus on ourselves. We have to focus on ourselves. It's not time to be pointing fingers. There's three fingers pointing back at you. So during this crisis, we need to be growing. Are you with me? We gave the Holy Spirit permission to speak to us this morning, right? This is a clarifying message. We need clarity in our lives right now. We're, we're right on the edge of 21 days of prayer and fasting. We have to take inventory. Inventory. 
Lord, show me. Show me where I need to grow. Is anybody else hearing that? Show me where I need to grow. Show me where I need to grow. That scripture in Hebrews 10, 25, it's so, it's so evident. It's not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. Some has, have formed the habit. You know, when you miss getting together with the body of Christ, whether it's your small group or whatever, um, and you form that habit, well, yeah, that wasn't so bad. You go another week, that wasn't so bad. And then the third week you're going, well, nobody's called me. They haven't called me, and that voice gets louder, right? And the devil's like, yeah, that's right. Nobody's called you. They should be calling you. Wait a minute. How can we say if we're one part of the body, I don't need you? We need each other. That's the point. And so this time of prayer and fasting, God's called us into this time of prayer and fasting. We printed out a guide to kind of help us target our prayers. There's, there's different, uh, different ways that you can pray. There's different things that we should pray for. It's all listed there. We're going to follow that guide. But that guide is just to get you into a deeper relationship with the Lord, to help you take a step into your quiet time, your private time with the Lord. I want you to take those booklets and write a goal at the, on the back of the page or at, the, at one of the back pages. Write a goal and make sure that you're challenging yourself. Challenge yourself. Every time I invite the Lord to, to examine me, to change me, to, to motivate me, to to move, to grow, he always responds. It's always for my benefit. But it always involves stretching. It always involves some pulling, right? So we have to determine to set goals over these next 21 days. We have to determine to take control. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says, I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and I get it under my control so that after pre preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. I have to control myself. Romans 8.13 says, for when you live controlled by the flesh, you are about to die. But if the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, then we taste His abundant life. So that's part of the 21 days of prayer and fasting, is to gain control of yourself. I can't tell you what to fast. People, people want a guideline. Well, tell me what to fast, tell me not what to fast. Um, you know, how do I do this? And there's resources out there to help you, but the, the greatest resource is the Holy Spirit. He will tell you what you need to put down in order to pick up the word. Just fasting could be a diet <laughs> without prayer. 
If you're fasting without prayer, it's only a diet. And you're going to be miserable. And you get, you get hangry. When you get hungry and angry at the same time, hangry. Nobody wants anybody to be hangry. And listen, whatever you're giving up doesn't impress God. You're, no, you're not trying to get his approval. You're already approved because you're his child. We're not, we don't turn this into a works thing where if we just pray harder or we just pray longer, then God's going to do something. No. When we pray out of love for our community, our family, our neighbors, God begins to start moving. Really, the first person that he moves in that prayer equation is you. He'll start giving you ideas to bake chocolate chip cookies. You can't ever, I, 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 I preached this in a couple of sermons before. You can't ever imagine the power of a plate of chocolate chip cookies. Just take one to your neighbor. There's power in chocolate chip cookies. But it's the motivation behind it, guys. You, under, you understand what I'm saying. When you pray, you change. How's that? The first person to change in prayer is you. When I humble myself and pray and seek God's face, I'm the one that turns from my ways and I turn to God's ways. Then we need to determine to be accountable. So I'm inviting you, husbands and wives, be accountable to each other during this 21 days of prayer. If you're single, find somebody. If you're a single woman, find another single woman about your age. And if you're a single guy, find another single guy about your age and be accountable. Hey, did, you know, I'm calling. I know it's 8 o'clock at night, and I know you're probably getting ready to go to bed or whatever. And uh, did you pray today? If you didn't, let's pray together. Find a faith buddy and focus on the word, focus on faith. Help, help us get to the finish line. Help each other. Encourage one another to move forward in our relationship with God, to grow during this time of crisis. When other people are falling away, we should be growing. We should be growing. We should be growing. One more scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. In the New Living Translation, it says this. Now, we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not ourselves. That's a relief, isn't it? You don't have to produce the power. You just have to be willing to release the power. We're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Now, I can't, I can't say that I've ever been any of those things 
in my lifetime. But I look back in the book of Acts and I look back at some of the epistles that were written and the church was persecuted. And I can't say that the church in America is even slightly as persecuted as where they were in the first century, in the first church after Jesus rose from the dead. Guys, what I'm saying is the faith in us is tougher than anything that we have ever faced. And God expects, they grew, the church grew. Every time it was persecuted, it grew. Every time it was persecuted, it grew. And so it's time to grow. It's time to grow personally. It's time to grow in our relationships as the church. That's why we need each other. Those that aren't here today that are a part of our church, if you have their phone number, you have my permission. I give you permission to call them up because I may not have the time to call every one of them up. But you're a representative of Lifeway Church and we can call one another up and pray with one another and love one another and help. Ask them, hey, do you need anything? If they need something, call me and let me know. We're here for one another, right? Just like we said with Regina, we're in covenant. We need to pray for one another. We need to support each other. We need to take care of one another in such a time like this, in the times we're living in, growing from our relationship with God, fellowshipping with him, loving on him and allowing him to love on us. It develops us, strengthens us. During this next 21 days, I want to I encourage you and also challenge you to, to make a couple of goals. I don't, you know, try to change everything in 21 days. But if you'll focus on one thing and you change one thing within 21 days, the next thing will be easier and the next thing will be easier and God will continue to change and change and change. And by the end of the year, people look at you and say, wow, you're growing spiritually. I can tell you're growing. There's a faith, there's a peace, there's a confidence that's more evident. Are you with me? Yes. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray over this, over this next step that the Lord's calling us to. So how does the Lord make influence in Decula, in Gwinnett County, in Georgia, in the nation, through us individually? We're living stones. He's building his house. Jesus, who began a good work in his church, is going to complete it. I'm so confident that Jesus has got this under control. I'm so confident. There's such peace in me knowing that the potter knows how to form the clay. That the good shepherd knows how to lead us and guide us through the valley of the shadow of death. We fear no evil. Jesus, I thank you for every opportunity that we have in the next 21 days to draw nearer to you, to come closer to you, to hear your voice. Jesus, you said that your sheep hear your voice. In the voice of a stranger, we choose not to follow. 
And so, Lord, I thank you that we begin to tune in, tune in our ears, the ears of our heart to your voice. We become more sensitive to your voice than any other voice on this earth, Lord, that we are connected with you. We're connected with you. We hear from heaven, and it makes an impact in our life, and it affects our family, it affects our neighbors, it affects those are, that we work with, our co-workers. Lord, we invite you to draw us into this next season of prayer, fasting. Show us what to do. Every step of the way, we expect to hear your voice and we're determining to be Jesus followers we'll follow you you said our steps are ordered we choose to take that step if this message was a blessing to you don't keep it to yourself share it with someone you know and if you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today you can give online by visiting us on our website at www.lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.